Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Day's here with Totters and, and Aaron McIntyre. Also with our friends over at First Cup Coffee Company. They're a Christian-owned Patriot Coffee Company. They stand for the same values that you do. But they also make, according to Aaron, some pretty hella coffee. Uh, fresh roasted beans delivered in ground or whole bean texture pods. Even bulk 11 profiles are bulk 11 roast profiles are available flavor for every freedom loving American. And they don't sell burnt coffee to you like the big box stores do shipped within days of being roasted. In fact, first cup places the roast date on each bag. So go to firstcup.com, use the code DACE. And you'll save an additional 10% on your order if you do. 10% off with the code DACE at firstcup.com. And if you subscribe, you'll get an additional 10% off for the life of your subscription to at firstcup.com. All right, coming up on today's show, at the bottom of the hour, uh, Steve Baker, who is uh, our go-to guy here now at The Blaze, covering all things January 6th. Uh, He is going to tell us and help us separate fact from fiction as uh, Speaker Johnson begins to fulfill his promise to release the vast majority of January 6th footage. So we'll talk to Steve Baker about that. Uh, Next hour, uh, my daughter will join us, and I have a special Thanksgiving edition of Fake News or Not lined up for Todd and Aaron. Thanksgiving themed, Fake News or Not. A couple of things associated with Thanksgiving or maybe that should not be, and you guys will make that determination. All right. Mm. That'll be Fake News or Not this week. And then for Pop Culture Tuesday, uh, we will take a look at uh, the new movie Journey to Bethlehem and, and why I've got a couple of issues with the film. And I, 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 I didn't want to, and I, I almost feel bad, but if I didn't share them and you asked me for my review, I wouldn't be honest with you. So we'll discuss that coming up in Pop Culture Tuesday. But before we get there, of course, let us begin as we always do. Here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by defamation and fraud and defamation. Oh, my. Elon Musk's ex on Monday filed a lawsuit against Media Matters for America, alleging that the media watchdog had defamed the social media platform. The lawsuit comes after Media Matters for America falsely claimed in a report last week that ads from major brands, including IBM and Comcast, could be seen next to pro-Nazi posts on X. Ex-CEO Linda Yaccarino posted on X yesterday that X's analytics shows that not a single authentic user saw on X, IBM's, Comcast's, or Oracle's ads next to the content in Media Matters' article. Only two users saw Apple's ad next to the content, at least one of which, of course, was Media Matters. In addition, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton announced yesterday he's investigating Media Matters for fraud. Stay tuned to that story. Also, Paxton announced yesterday he's suing Pfizer on behalf of the state of Texas, alleging the pharmaceutical giant defrauded Medicaid and provided adulterated drugs to children. Another defamation lawsuit dropped yesterday, this one from the parent company of Truth Social. The lawsuit names 21 media organizations, including Newsweek, The Hill, The Guardian, and CNBC, claiming those outlets defamed and hurt business by claiming last week that Truth Social lost $73 million in revenue since its inception in 2022. Truth Social defenders say the real loss is around $31 million. Checking in on Joe Biden... And by the way, I like kids better than people. I wish I could stay and watch Wonka with you. 
but I'm not going to get to do that. Corinne Jean-Pierre, your thoughts. What I can speak to is how we see this, how what our perspective is. Our perspective is that it's not about age. It's about the president's experience. That's what we believe. And it's, you know, as they say, the proof is in the pudding. Learning Chinese today, today's phrase is, there's a lot of pudding in the White House these days. Back to the campaign trail, Ron DeSantis participated in a town hall on Newsmax last night and lambasted Nikki Haley's repeated lies about him. I, I had one of the, I think it was Haley, was like trying to attack, because she really invited China in as governor. She was the number one governor to have China invest, including CCP-backed businesses. She tried to say, like, I was involved. I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, I ban China from buying land. That's not exactly a very good recruiting pitch for businesses if you're not letting them buy land. Saying in the first of the nation, state Iowa's Board of Regents voted last week to scale back the state university system's diversity, equity, and inclusion programs, or DEI programs. The vote came after Governor Kim Reynolds signed a bill in June establishing a Board of Regents commission to review Iowa's DEI activities and recommended necessary changes, which includes slashing any DEI positions within the state's universities that aren't necessary for accreditation or compliance. The U.S. Army sent a letter to service members dismissed for refusing the COVID-19 jabs, informing them they can request corrections of their discharge records as the military branch reportedly struggles with recruitment three years after the onset of the pandemic. The letter, which gained traction on social media, was addressed to former service members and notified of new Army guidance regarding the correction of military records. And finally, Nikki Haley gets roasted by a nine-year-old to her face. I love your hat. Thank you. Thank you. One of your guys gave it to me for free. Please clap. And that's what happened while we were away. <laughs> Aaron's montage brought to you by the Beam Dream Powder. Did you know the poor sleep can cause all kinds of physical and mental health issues? Even white blood cells that protect our body against illness and protect our and reinforce our immune system can be impacted as well. That's why we're introducing Beam Dream. Uh, that's the healthy cocoa, hot cocoa that will help you to sleep. And today our listeners get a special discount of Beam's Dream Powder, their best-selling healthy hot cocoa for sleep with no added sugar. Now available in flavors like cinnamon cocoa, chocolate peanut butter, and mint chip. Better sleep has never tasted better. And Dream has been tested for high-quality efficacy formulated to ease your body into rest and supports all four stages of sleep with no here's the key no next day grogginess so if you want to give it a shot uh, this all-natural blend contains everything you're looking for for a good night's sleep yet again. Try Beam's best-selling Dream Powder and take advantage of their biggest sale of the year. Get up to 50% off for a limited time when you go to shopbeam.com Steve. That's shopbeam.com Steve. The discount is auto-applied at checkout. No code is necessary. That's shopbeam.com. B-E-A-M, shopbeam.com slash Steve for up to 50% off. All right, coming up in today's overtime, a question I never thought I would ask, but I do think it, based on recent events, bears asking. Is John Fetterman already a better U.S. senator than Mehmet Oz was ever going to be? I know. It is the season for miracles. We will discuss that coming up in today's overtime at blazetv.com slash days. Go there if you'd like to become a subscriber to both Blaze TV and also the brand new The Blaze, uh, completely detached and separated from big tech censorship. Blazetv.com slash days. 
All right, let's get to uh, some of the things that Aaron highlighted in his montage. And the military coming back hat in hand to those who refused its its compliance psyop let, let's let's make sure we understand we all agree here what the covid vaccine was used for because it certainly was not military readiness if you know the data contained within the the dmed the the the, the u.s military's epidemiological database the dmed um and if you don't know it i know it's man i it seems like we published this book 20 years ago but it was just valentine's day okay February of this year, a lot has gone on this year. Okay, we've had a book, almost died a couple times. <laughs> it's been a, it's been a year. Okay, but um, if you go back to Rise of the Fourth Reich, our best-selling book that Daniel Horowitz and I wrote back in that we that we published out in back in February, um, you'll see all that DMED data. So, the COVID vaccine accomplished a few things, uh, bolstering military readiness. Not one of them. This was used, and let's make sure we're all, we're all clear about this. Let's be adults here and just, as the phrase goes today, call a spade a spade. The, um, the COVID vaccine was used as a barometer of compliance. It was a loyalty test within the U.S. military. How far will you allow us to push your personal boundaries and ethics? How far are you willing to go to just follow orders? That's what it was about. Not exclusively, but overwhelmingly, those who refused it were people of deep religious conviction, usually Christians. People who believe there's a higher authority than the state that they will answer to, as will the rest of us. The kind of people that are going to be the most inclined to say, yeah, um, I'm going to render under Caesar that which is Caesar's, but you're asking me to render unto Caesar that which is God. And my answer is no, I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm not firing on my own countrymen. I'm not, I'm not a jackbooted thug. I'm, I didn't sign up to goose step. I'm not doing those things. Those would be the ones the mo- that would be the most likely to not comply. And they were expunged. They were purged. Because they understand the true, tra- the true chain of command around here. And it never has humans, sinful human beings are never at the top of that. Never, never. They're never at the top of it. Ever. And so now, with recruitment way down, numbers dangerously low, it now wants to come back to these people, but it's offering them a correction. I hope every one of them says no. What they ought to be offered is a full restoration. Every rank, every benefit, everything restored. In fact, for time served, all back pay paid to them immediately upon the day they re-enlist. A check is handed to them. For every pay they missed, every benefit they missed, they are made whole that day. We can print money for Ukraine. We can print money for the U.S. soldier. Who understands 
their true calling of why they enlisted to serve in the first place. To borrow a phrase, the U.S. military has successfully deployed in eras past unconditional surrender. No one should go back without everything restored and made whole. You will be restored that which was taken away from you immediately upon resigning. Thoughts? Uh, a, have they, speaking of making whole, have they figured out a way to cure myocarditis? That's a problem. Uh, man, these people have been through so much. They stood their post, the most important post of all, to ultimately help wake everybody up. Here's point B. Remind me again, Steve, what uh, DeSantis's own data says about what Republican voters think about all this stuff. They want to move on. Yeah. They stood a post. My goodness. I don't. Isaiah one. Where would we yet be struck? If it. I mean, personal integrity, ultimately, and honoring their God. What is that? Yeah. yeah well, yeah. You. You do that no matter what. But in terms of like, if I do this, maybe people will wake up. Man, I. Where do, where does that work lately? Where does that work? This is. This is akin to somebody holding you at gunpoint and saying, hey. If you don't let me shoot you, I'm going to fire you. Exactly. And then, when they refuse to be shot, coming back a few months later and saying, hey, uh, you want to come back? I kind of miss you. This is, this is just obscene levels of abuse. There's no self-awareness to be had whatsoever. <laughs> it, like Todd just said, where would you yet be struck? I, I'm kind of speechless because it's just... So obscene, the level of evil that we just exposed to every single day. I almost yeah. get numb to it. That's what we're talking about here. You let me poison you or you're fired. And then later, hey, can you come back? Our recruiting le levels are uh, down from where we expect them, expected them to be. Uh, no, sorry. No, sorry. We'll just correct your, We'll just correct the record. Not to mention we ruined your life, perhaps. We'll, we'll correct the record. The base, the, the baseline response should be flipping the double bird, and then maybe suing two or three or four or five thousand times. It's all the more obnoxious, wasn't it? Just last week, two weeks ago, it's pushed together that all, on a lot of the college and pro football broadcasts, they were celebrating Veterans Day. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, yay! Doing feature stories. How about you put all that energy here, or are we just going to get the show? I think we know the answer to that. By the way, uh, speaking of football and incorporating the shot, watching that last night, looks like Travis Kelsey needs another booster. Tough night for him. Looks like he's in need of another booster. Waning efficacy there. Um, I think that's probably a uh, pop singer problem. I think so? Okay. So, Aaron, I want to make sure I understand your montage correctly. The, 
Trump has launched a billion and a half dollar lawsuit against all these media entities over the over the rate of bankruptcy, over the rate of insolvency of his business. Yeah, he, that's that's the that, that there's got to be more to it than that. There has to be. We're, we're, I don't, we're, we're, I don't we're, think so. We're, you, you guys are claiming we are more in debt than we actually are. We're, we're totally insolvent here. We're only, but we're only thirty-one million dollars insolvent. Yeah, that's. And you guys have inflate. You guys have doubled the level of insolvency. It can't. That, there must be more to it than that. There has to be. I read the entire. <laughs> I read the entire lawsuit last night, and that's basically what it is. Yeah, I stopped watching the Chiefs game to read that lawsuit. Boy. He really does like golden showers. <clears throat> Let's talk about uh, media matters. I am very much torn here. Me too. I mean, I am. Sincerely. On one hand, you know, these are, this is a company of, of demonic dweebs started by a guy from many years ago, whose name you probably haven't heard in a long time. His name was David Brock. Do you remember his name? Yes. And David Brock, you know, if you want to kind of know who was the, like right now, I, I chuckled, I got up this morning and I thought I woke up in 2018 because conservative media is recycling the even Cardi B gets it trope <laughs> from a few years ago. You guys remember that? Okay. I'm like, is it, did, did we go back in time? And then it, we're doing the whole, we're doing the, Hey, even Cardi B gets it thing all over again. All right. So the, the first desire of modern conservative media to, for, for cultural relevancy and to, um, to, to adopt and elevate someone that has completely been unvetted for any level of conviction because they will tell you what you want to hear. It was a guy named David Brock. It really goes back to him. And in the early years of the Clinton White House, David Brock made quite a name for himself as a muckraker on all things Whitewater and, and, and uh, the, you know, what happened with Vince Foster and all that kind of stuff. All right. And if, if you're not Gen X or older, none of this will be familiar to you. But it really does go back to this guy. Totally unvetted. Just a bunch of salacious, what would, you know, an early 90s version of clickbait. Totally unvetted individual just was willing to debase himself uh, in ways that appeased talking points that we wanted. And he shot to stardom and he was everywhere in what amounted for conservative media at the time. And I mean, I was a daily rush listener in those days. And uh, I mean, I mean, his he was in Russia's stack of stuff. His writings were like constantly. OK. And then one day, David Brock just kind of disappeared you know, kind of like the whole um, look at uh, Italy's Sarah Palin thing just kind of disappeared, right? Maloney got into office and, oh, never mind. Just And then, you know, did the whole Homer Simpson gift back into the bushes. David Brock just kind of disappeared. And sometime later, he ends up reappearing as an out-of-the-closet homosexual who now is writing the exact same hit kinds of debased hit pieces about the right. And he started this company called Media Matters. 
That's that's its origin. They may not even know this. It's a little bit like if you asked like the Jehovah Witness at your front door, who's who's Charles Tazy Russell? They they probably wouldn't know. Okay. Well, he's the founder of your cult who once admitted under oath in court that he didn't know how to translate either Greek or Hebrew, but thought he was still qualified to uh, write his own um, version of the Bible, the New World Translation, which is primarily written in which two languages, gentlemen? Greek and Hebrew. So it would seem like needing to know how to translate those languages would be necessary for properly translating the scriptures into English, no? Feelings and stuff, you know? Exactly. Right. Okay. So I'm, I'm guessing most of the, you know, the code red um, obsessed and avocado toasted, you know, obsessed and I'm in my mom's basement while she's doing my laundry. Mo- many of the Media Matters demonic dweebs don't know this history, but that's the origin of their company. And uh, and so it's it's kind of existed ever since then as kind of like a watchdog. All right. And. It now, but 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 now it, it, it what it used to do is it used to email newsrooms of major corporate outlets like MSNBC, back when the days when I was contributing on MSNBC, and it would it would it would contact the management of MSNBC and say, hey, do you know what this Steve Dace really believes? And you shouldn't have this racist, misogynistic, xenophobic bigot on your channel. And and really for a long time they were just kind of laughed at and mocked, even by corporate media. Okay, and. What's happened, though, is in recent years, they have become more weaponized. I think they're Soros-funded now, and they, they bec- they've become more weaponized where they are actually out to, to target advertisers and take you know, people's livelihoods and stuff away, all right? And for whatever reason, last week they decided out of nowhere to pick a fight with the richest man in the world because why not? YOLO. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Okay, and uh, and so he's essentially vowed to do to them what Hulk Hogan. What was the what was the shot? What was the site that Hulk Hogan destroyed for what they tried to do to him? Um, Oh yeah, started with a G. I thought. Oh um, man, doesn't matter. Gizmodo. That's it. That's it. Yes. So that was it. Yes. All right. And I mean, he just absolutely destroyed that. That website went out of business after what he what Hulk Hogan did to it in court. And. uh, and so they've decided to, to tug on... Uh, Gawker, Gawker, not Gizmodo. Gawker, that's right, you're right. Uh, they decided to tug on Superman's cape, and, and he's decided, hey, I've, you know, I mean, I've anything I can do, man, to show uh, less money in the account at the end of the year, I'm good with. So I'm your Huckleberry, let's dance. And, and Musk has declared just outright open war on media matters, just outright open war. They got to go. Evil organization, let's get rid of them. And I am torn... Because on one hand, these demonic dweebs absolutely deserve to, to have a reckoning. They absolutely deserve to be reminded of the order of things. I mean, when we've talked in the past about we are losing our country, not to, the, not to great conquerors, but like to pissed off water boys and team managers who now have keyboards, right? It's these kinds of guys, right? And, they, and, and the law of the jungle needs to be restored. People need to be reminded of the order of things. And, and we don't fight anymore. And so this is the way you punch somebody in the mouth. That's the way that the law of the jungle, when people got out of line, that's how we used to decide things as men. We proverbially punch each other in the mouth in the ways that Musk is now, uh, is now uh, declaring that he will engage in, okay? However, and you're, you're, at this point, you may be like, okay, okay. 
Actually, I think this might be my favorite story so far of the month. So, Steve, why are we torn? Well, no one is more aggressively promoting my work right now (laughs) than Media Matters is, including me. And you know I love me some me. And no one is talking about me more right now than they are. No one is. My wife is not. My kids aren't. We're not. The Blaze isn't. Nobody is. Okay? No one is talking. I'm not, I cannot remember the last time I did not get a Google alert in my inbox for me, about Media Matters doing something on this show. Some reset. Some we're, we, Dude, we're showing up in their weekend reviews, guys. We're in their weekend reviews. Like when they do the reset on the weekends, we're even showing up in these. You know, and we just had our most profitable quarter ever. We have already um, done more. We've already done more receivables, more billing in this show this year than we did all of last year. And there's still a full quarter to go. And I got to think Media Matters, there's at least a little bit of credit to that. We've got some real marketing momentum happening here, guys. Can you feel the love tonight? Yes. And so this is my grift. All right. This is my grift. All right. Media Matters is out there promoting me. And yes, I know they're a bunch of demonic dweebs, but I mean, they're, they're raising my exposure level. And I, I do think there's a little bit of a conflict here. If I'm just being honest with you, there's a little bit of a conflict here between what my principles say ought to happen to these dweebs. And then what, what, you know, my portfolio says, wait a minute here. These guys are literally pimping the hell out of me right now. Can you guys help me help my conscience reconcile this? Because I'm I'm struggling with it as we speak, as you can tell. Elon must sweep the leg. You're just going to have to move on. But what about your coattails? Uh, I, I think they'll be good. I think they'll be good. Aaron, I think Todd is being very, way too frivolous about the amount of earned media we have received from from media matters and that just essentially going away at this point i don't know i just whenever we talk about media matters it, it goes to i think the fake it was a fake news or not a couple of weeks ago when we went through that massive piece about ryan walters and yes uh, and and your relationship I really, with, that was one of the best ryan. pieces ever written on this show i enjoyed it immensely and yes. i looked up the author i can't remember her name now <laughs> i looked up the author of that piece and she's like She's been a, an intern for Elizabeth Warren, and she's like interned in Europe and things like this. And now she's sitting st- stenographing this show, you know, talking about. Uh, Wasn't her name Beth? I hear you calling, but I can't come home right now. Wasn't it Beth something? I, I thought it was Beth something. Uh, oh, it was no? Peyton. Peyton something. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Another, Just stenographing, taking. The names are so close. Taking yes. ass and kicking names. Man, fall from grace. That, that woman probably thought she was going places. Now she's stuck here listening to your voice and my voice. We just can't we just can't seem to catch a break on this show. I mean, just when we have some real momentum going, um, we're selling the hell out of this show right now. And we're generating all of this earned media and all of this free publicity. The company that's been gracious enough to to offer it to us now finds itself on the brink of extinction because it managed to piss off the richest man in the world who's literally got money to burn and to just waste on making your life a waste. We can't catch a break around here, guys. We, it seems like every time we start to develop some momentum, every time we start to get things going, (sighs) 
something like this happens. And I got to tell you, Todd, I'm very disappointed that you're not seeing the bigger picture here. Is this metaphorical MRSA? Is this what you're saying here? (laughs) What do you mean? The musk is actually, it's a contagion to the DACE ecosystem. Is it's... It's the what, oh, that he's a threat. Yes, that Musk is a yes. threat. Yes. yes. I mean, Aaron, what do you think Media Matters publicity has been worth to the show? It's got to be in the thousands of dollars. Has to be at least tree fitty. Are you? Have you lost confidence that you can get new people to hate us? Because I'm confident you can. Well, I believe in you. See, I believe in you more than you believe in you. Thank you. You're welcome. Happy Thanksgiving. I needed that. I mean, I did. I mean, I just. Um, you're right. I, I should have known, and in the end, the solution was underestimating, uh, underestimating myself. Yes. I should have known. I should have known that uh, I actually should have even higher expectations for myself than I currently do. A void of hate will be created, and a new Hellmouth will step forth That's true. and present itself to you. That, there is, there is a, a certain aspect of my personality and the way that we do things here that does make alienating people. Yes sort of a given and and F the, you and thanks for listening and <laughs> let not your heart be troubled steve <laughs> and so so the idea that we we could run dry yeah of, well, of people who have been alienated and offended and just downright pissed off about what we do on this program we're good i should have had i should have known better yes all right therefore i agree Therefore, um, may Elon Musk lay waste to the entirety of Media Matters. We're good here. Thank you. The standoff at the border is heating up between Texas Governor Greg Abbott and the federal government. Politicians will never let a crisis go to waste. We have been invaded. The crisis is being used by Republicans as a photo op by the Democrats to expand their voting base. More than 85% of everybody reaching the border is coming in. That's the definition of an open border. Just down the road, you can get in no problem, no Humvees, no farm carts. What people don't realize is there's a way around everything. The Blaze Originals team traveled to the Texas border, ground zero of the most controversial news story of 2024. With some experts estimating over 4 million border crossings in 2023 alone, we embedded with the Take Our Border Back convoy to investigate. What if the entire narrative you thought you knew was a lie? Go watch the real story of Texas versus the feds and how the elites use the border crisis against us by visiting realbordercrisis.com and use code TEXAS for $30 off an annual subscription to Blaze TV. If you are one of the growing number of patriotic Americans that want to make sure whenever possible you don't do business with people who hate you and offend your values, let's apply the same thing uh, to our portfolios as well. And our friends at Constitution Wealth can help you do that. They can help you build a solid investment plan for retirement that uh, reduces your investments in companies with ESG, DEI, and CEI scores that indicate they're in on the takedown of America. Uh, And you can start aligning your principles with your portfolio. Uh, You can be both profitable 
and prophetic at the exact same time and help build the parallel economy at the exact same time as well. Uh, Work with the patriotic investment professionals who share your worldview, not someone who doesn't. Get a free consultation today at constitutionwealth.com slash Steve. That's constitutionwealth.com slash Steve. Once again, constitutionwealth.com slash Steve. Let's bring in Blaze TV contributor Steve Baker for the latest on what's going on with January 6th. Uh, Speaker Johnson making a big announcement late last week that he's going to release the vast majority over time, the vast majority of unseen footage from January 6th. So, so Steve, welcome back to the show, brother, and for all the work you're doing, let, let's start there. How much footage is the Speaker vowing and, uh, to release, and, and under what kind of a timetable are we talking about here? He's talking about releasing about 95% of that. Now, what's the other 5% and what makes that nefarious? Nothing. It's the security, uh, secure areas of the Capitol. Let's be honest. There are... There are hidden passageways in the ha- in the Capitol. There are hidden staircases. There are hidden doorways. And there are places where the members under uh, threat of an emergency would need to escape and, and that are not seen online on uh, all of the four plans of the Capitol that we see. So there are some security concerns. Um, there's a lot of... Uh, misconceptions about this early release. First of all, the reason why he only released 90 hours to start with of Capital CCTV is that is the 90 hours that have already been cleared by security review. And those are representative of the uh, clips that have been harvested by uh, independent journalists like myself, myself, uh, uh, Joe Hanneman, Julie uh, Kelly, uh, John Solomon, uh, and others who have already been inside of the viewing room there in one of the congressional uh, buildings and have had the opportunity to review these in advance of their public release. So that's what the first set of releases look like. That's why it's such a minimal amount because they have gone through the security review. And let's be honest, Steve, this is going to be a monumental task on behalf of these congressional staffers and aides to go through this. In fact, I spoke to a senior aide this morning. Uh, This was what they call, you know, a, a background conversation. So I'm not going to tell you who he is, but the bottom line is, is that they're thinking about hiring a company to come in and handle this for them because it's it's just a monumental task for over 40,000 hours that are going to have to go through frame by frame security review before they can do this. So this is going to take many months for the speaker's promise uh, uh, to release this to the public to finally be fulfilled. Now, a lot of people think, oh, they can upload uh, 40,000 hours to, you know, YouPorn or, you know, whatever the uh, the biggest porn site is uh, overnight. Yeah, well, yeah, you can do that, but there's not much security <laughs> review involved in uploading that kind of video. How confident are you they're going to follow through with this to the end? I am confident because, as you know, I have had direct communications with uh, uh, Speaker Johnson, and not only before he was Speaker, but then through other sources and through our congressional um, uh, contacts, we've we've been able to communicate directly, and we know that this is going to happen, and it's not going to be easy, as I said, and it's going to take time. Everybody's going to have to be patient, and then the most important thing, Steve, is is as these videos start coming out, everybody's got to learn how to look at them and mm-hmm. look at them properly because that's where so much of the confusion took place over this past weekend. That's exactly where I want to go next. 
And I, I said to the audience on Monday, you know, there, there's a tier of you, and you mentioned several of the names yourself, Julie and others, who were, you know, in on this story before anybody else was. And, you know, I would probably place myself in the second tier of people who have tried to then give you guys platforms once I started having questions about what we were being sold myself and seeing the work that you guys were doing. And so I've tried to give people like you and Ju- Julie platforms over the last couple of years to question this narrative that, that we were sold with what you have discovered. My, my fear is, however... Given and, and it's it's one it, it, and it's understandable to one degree, of course, because we have been lied to about so many things. This included to varying degrees over the last several years. But then there is also another industry out there uh, on the right that um, is happy to take its own narratives that may or may not be true and push them uh, to you know to beyond boundaries of credibility uh, for their own various reasons, economic, political, whatever those reasons happen to be. And I, and I cautioned our audience, given the amount and the volume of footage to be released here, to take a deep breath and just do exactly what we've been trying to do from the beginning. What is the truth here? Because one of the things I'm seeing on Twitter, and let's face it, outside of, you know, the media and intelligentsia that you and I work in, most average Americans are not there. Mm-hmm. But what I am seeing there, the, the narratives that are already being crafted is already over the weekend, the complete January 6th narrative was totally discredited and everyone's innocent and let everybody out, including people with like major accounts and big names making these claims. I've been very hesitant to share video clips that people are sharing. I don't know the context. I don't I don't know. I'm kind of just frankly, I'm following your lead and going with what you're saying, because I know this is all you're doing right now. So you tell us has have, have already this weekend. The outlandish claims that we've already broken the entire January 6th narrative in two and all that kind of stuff. Is that actually true? No, it's not. And as a matter of fact, and I this is a open self-confession right here. I have spent more hours over this past weekend corroborating sources that we don't like. I've been agreeing with the sedition hunters, those, you know, um, open source intelligence, as they call themselves, people that are basically good Germans who are hunting down Americans, Mm -hmm. innocent Americans, those who did uh, behave nonviolently and innocently on January 6th and hunting them down and turning them over to the DOJ and to the FBI. But unfortunately, they do good video work and they've been doing that for two and a half years. So this is uh, a very, very unfortunate circumstance in that you have a situation where not only those like um, MTG, but also uh, Senator Mike Lee. I mean, he got caught uh, as well in one of these myths or one of these misportrayals of one of these videos where the, the, you you saw this particular individual walking down the hallway toward an exit at the Capitol, and he flashes what looks like a badge. Oh, well, then obviously this, this shows that these um, types of individuals were embedded in that crowd and creating problems. It turns out that this particular individual, his name is Kevin Lyons, and back in July of this year, he was convicted and he was sentenced to 41 months in prison for what he called his own idiocy, his own mayhem creating. He was actually in Pelosi's office and stole a prized photo of Pelosi uh, that she had uh, of herself with, um, you know, the civil rights historic leader, uh, John Lewis. Well, this, uh, this, this guy, Kevin Lyons, stole that photo. And when he left the Capitol, he got in his car and immediately started driving back home to Chicago. And then when he started realizing that he was in trouble, he ditched the photo somewhere and it's never been recovered. So the the point being is, is that until you are 
able to see the full context of these individuals that you start identifying in these videos. Look, it took us days and days and hours and hours to piece together uh, these stories about the Capitol Police, um, uh, Officer Harry Dunn and Special Agent David Lazarus that we brought to the public already. It was a lot of work and it was it was dozens and dozens and dozens of different cameras that we had to uh, piece together and cross triangulate and 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 uh and it's not an easy thing. And there's no way in five seconds, 10 seconds, 15 seconds of video that you can look at that and go, aha, we've got them. The mm-hmm. narrative is destroyed. No, it's not going to be that way. And it can't be the way until you know who that character is that you're looking at. And you know what he was doing an hour earlier or three hours earlier or wherever else he was inside or outside the building at the time. And you can't say that, oh, we've got him now because it just does not work that way. Here's the thing. And, and, and let's assume... Because if people are doing this for grifting purposes, nothing we will say will deter them from that anyway. So let's just set them aside and let's talk about people like you mentioned, Senator Lee, who obviously is a conscientious individual. Okay, I think we but he's also an attorney. And so he should know better. You're right, because we have to understand here. The forces that we are up against, we're not going to get to make mistakes. It's very similar to when I went after the COVID narrative. Uh, I mean, I had to triple, quadruple, quintuple check check everything. The first time I was wrong, I'm not probably just out of a job. I'm I'm, I'm out of a career. They're going to just nail me to a wall and to a door on everything. Everything. That's why I was slow a lot of times uh, with 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 the jab or masks and some things until more real time data. Despite what my instincts were telling me, if the data, if I could not support everything with data and their own data sources i couldn't just make up my own then i mean i was going to be completely discredited and i think we have to understand we i think we all agree there are people still indefinitely detained or have been put to prison that should not be there but we're not going to help them if we run uh, and make leaping conclusions that discredit the overall narrative that we're trying to now counter with and create based on the fullness of the evidence before we even get a chance to establish that via the fullness of the evidence. Does that, you see what I'm trying to say that the first time that we we go out there and start making mistakes, we're not going to help those people that need our help. They're they're In fact, the, the feds are going to say, see, you just can't trust any of these people do. They, they are, that's they're, they're in, they're so eager to hide their insurrection. They, they took the footage of the insurrection itself and just totally bastardized it. Look, I'll, I'll tell you right here, these congressional staff members who we've been working with in the video room there at the Capitol have been not only very helpful, they want these stories out. They want this video out. This is important to them. But they needed our assistance on the media side. And again, uh, going through that litany of names, myself, Julie, John, uh, Joe, uh, those of us who got in early, the truth of the matter is, and this is directly their words, they were using us as guinea pigs to develop a system and to go through and review and see see how this could be released. And that doesn't mean edited for a narrative or anything. They want it all out, uh, come what may. Mm -hmm. The point being is, is that when we went into that process, we had to learn it ourselves. And this morning, a senior congressional aide called me to review the fallout from this weekend's first release of this small batch of videos. And he asked me how I thought it went. And I said, I don't think it went well for a lot of reasons. The first and the primary reason is, is that those videos were released without time codes. That gives the the um, uh, the skeptics uh, to reason to say that these have been altered. They've been edited. I've 
saw that online. Uh, we also had the mistakes of not being able to release everything in full context because they were just small clips. Sometimes it was, whether it was 10, 15 minutes uh, or seconds rather, or a full minute of a clip, it wasn't everything in context. So that allowed a lot of room for misinterpretation and knee-jerk reactions and emotionalism to be applied to what people saw. And so those types of errors uh, are still being made. And, and when I say that, I am still 100,000% uh, in favor of all of that being released to the public at large. Let the public go through it. Let them uh, see what they want to see, interpret what they want to interpret. But at the end of the day, Steve, it's going to take professional analysts to go through there and put this piece, these pieces of the puzzle together. And that's ultimately the only way that we're going to know all the true stories of the individual events and the individual characters that we see in these videos. Based on what you saw this weekend, what was the most compelling piece of evidence that you that, that you've been able to corroborate and and put together from the various angles that are now at your disposal? This is the single largest misconception that our side has about what happened on January 6th, and it exploded this weekend online. There was not a single exterior door breach of the Capitol building. There were seven different doors that were breached and 10 different breaches because three of them were breached more than once. There was not a single one of those doors, despite uh, what everyone thinks, what, what everyone thinks they have seen with their own eyes, that was breached by Capitol Police or that Capitol Police opened for the protesters to enter the building. I saw a lot of claims, again, major accounts on the right claiming that they did open the doors and let the people in. You're saying that's not true. That is absolutely not true. I have seen the video to every single one of those door breaches. Every single one of them is the result of what happened at the northwest side in that first window breach where a proud boy busted through with a police shield that he had stolen. He busted the window. They were able to jump through that window and then they were able to release the doors. A magnetic, they always talk about these magnetic locks. And and this is another misconception. People think that those are only controlled through, through the, from the control room and that it was the command center that pushed a, a magic button that released those doors. No, that's not true. Every single one of these doors meet the DC fire code, which means they have to be a safe exits from any building like uh, any other public building in DC. So as a result of that, if you hold down the, 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 the bar on the door for three seconds, then it triggers the release mechanism. And then 15 seconds later, the alarm sounds and then the door opens. So you'll see throughout these um, seven door breaches, you'll see guys come and start kicking on the door or holding the bar. They push, 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 and it doesn't do it. Finally, they trigger the release and then magically the door opens. And so the point being is they didn't read the sign. Remember the Bowman story when he went over and he, and he, and he pulled the fire alarm? Mm -hmm. The first thing he did is he took those two signs off of those doors because he didn't want people to see that there was a release mechanism protocol for that. Those same exact signs that he 
took off that we saw in video were posted on every single one of those exit doors in the Capitol. It was just a matter of people not reading them when they came up to them and they started pushing on them. But what ended up happening is once they reached that northwest window, they came through, they opened that door, hundreds of protesters started flowing in, they started spreading out throughout, throughout the Capitol, and they started the initiation of opening the doors from the inside. Capitol Police never opened those doors. Now, people are going to take what I said right now, and they're going to jump online, and they're going to say, no, that's not what I saw with my own eyes. I saw it with my own eyes that day. I've seen it on the videos. No, you didn't. You saw Capitol Police officers holding the doors open after they were overwhelmed by the numbers of people that were coming in and de-escalating. Did they hold the doors open? Yes, they did. Did they open some doors on the interior? Yes, they did. Did they open doors on the interior and exterior to let people out? Yes, they did. But they never, ever, a single time on the seven doors that were breached themselves as a Capitol Police officer opened the door to the protesters. Every breach happened by one of the protesters. Hmm. That's an inconvenient truth. It is, but we have to follow the truth here one way or the yeah. other. We got into this mess by uh, them not having to, and we can't respond by refusing to do it ourselves. Steve, you guys are doing the Lord's work, man. Please keep it up and keep us updated. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. You bet. Quick thoughts on the conversation we just had with Steve Baker. Well, one video I saw that happens before any windows are broken uh, is the some cops actually saying uh, with the flashbangs or the smoke canisters that we're actually making more people more angry by using them there's an order of things here did any of the stuff happen would any of the stuff that steve just talked about happen at all had it not been instigated out there you got to go in order of these things aaron you have a quick thought just follow the truth i did not know that misconception that he just uh, talked about there i had always assumed and it's been a narrative that the doors <laughs> were opened by police officers i did not know that more in a moment Back here with hour two uh, here on the Steve Day Show on Blaze TV radio and podcast. That would be me with Aaron McIntyre and Totters and all of you. And you can let us know what you think about what we think. You can do that by emailing the show, Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, me, we, and Gab. Follow me at Steve Day Show on Twitter, Getter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you listen to the podcast, thank you so very much. Please, if you haven't yet done this for us, leave us a five-star review if you like the show. If you don't, maybe just don't say anything. Um, also, thank you to all of you that have left us five-star reviews. We would love to get over 10,000 of them on iTunes. I don't really know why, other than it's a nice round number and it would boost my ego. Also, uh, thank you to those of you that hit subscribe or in the case of iTunes, follow. If you do the same, that means every time we do a new episode, it'll show up in your podcast feed every single time because then you won't miss any and we won't miss you and that will make us happy. This part of the show brought to you by our friends over at Collective. If you run a solo small business, you're an army of one. 
but you're still going to need a CPA. You're still going to need bookkeeping, uh, payroll solutions that are separate from uh, the, every other process that you're doing and so on and so forth. Like Collective, take care of the paperwork. You just take care of the business. Collective is the number one financial solution for freelancers, for contractors, and self-employed entrepreneurs that lets you focus on your passion, not all that paperwork. Let Collective handle all of it like corporate formation and compliance, taxes, even payroll and accounting. The best part, it's a fraction of the cost of a CPA. Collective knows that if your business of one makes over 80000 a year, you're going to find the most value from their services. If you join the thousands of small solopreneurs, I should say, who have saved an average of $10,000 per year on taxes with their structure. So right now, Collective offering you one month free with no onboarding fee when you go to collective.com slash Steve and tell them I sent you. Tell them Steve sent you. That's a $550 value for free when you go to collective.com slash Steve and tell them Steve, that's me, sent you. Collective.com slash Steve. Collective.com slash Steve. Tell them Steve sent you. Let's welcome in uh, my oldest daughter, Anastasia. Fake news are not coming your way later in this hour as well. Good to see you, Princess. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. What'd you think of the family forum? You were there. No, I thought it was really good. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I did. I thought it Bob's went really well. Bob's not here to tell the truth. What'd you really think? <laughs> no, I thought it went really well. Um, I think it was obvious that Ron's big <clears throat> moment was when asked why, why him instead of Trump. And I think his people would be really smart to push that out everywhere they can. Um, and then, I mean, I don't, I, Nikki Haley with her pro-life answer, it's the same, like, like I told you, I already had it pre-typed out, like ready to go. Mm-hmm. Cause she says the same exact thing every time. So I don't really <laughs> think she did herself much favor in that regard. And our people heard a lot afterwards that they just weren't really that impressed with her cause she didn't really push them over the edge. And then, I mean, the th- the thing with Vivek is, like, I like some of the things he has to say, but it's hard to discern whether or not you know if it's real or not, because he just says so many different things. Mm-hmm. And his story about him and his wife was, like, really touching and really touching to me. But then when he asked his kid to come up, like, he completely lost me after that. Really. Like, when the kid ran up, it just completely lost me. You thought that was contrived? I did think it was you contrived. You did? Okay. Your mom got a text from a... Uh, uh, from one of the leaders at uh, Moms for Liberty that, who, that she's friends with. Mm-hmm. And she texted her during the event she was watching online. And she told her that uh, Vivek's son, Vivek had his son do the exact same thing at, at their forum that they did earlier this year. So. Yeah, it was not. But I mean, <clears throat> I now, listen, the story I, was I, I wasn't I wasn't above using you for a prop when I had to. I mean, when you you were too young to remember, when I got fired from my first sports talk radio job, and this was February of 2002, so you were just about a year old. You were almost a year old when this happened. It was right after the Super Bowl. And uh, local news came to do an interview with me about getting fired because I was fired and then put back on the air to finish my show, which they thought was just one of the craziest things in local what radio a great they, idea. they've ever heard. Well, I think, they, I think the company was kind of hoping I'd go on the air and, and blast them. Mm. So that that way they could not they they would be able to justify their decision, you know. But you were playing you were playing ahead. You were like, well, no, no actually, I was going to do that. Oh. And then I, I called a local sportscaster named Keith Murphy, who's been an institution yep. in Des Moines for your entire life, and him and I were buds at the time. And I called him and said, "You're going to believe this." They, during the commercial break, they fired me. What do I do, man? I'm going to lose. They goes, "If you go on the air, and and lose your bleep, you will never work in this business ever again." Just go, trust me, go on the air, finish your show like you normally would, 
go pack up your stuff and leave and everything will take care of itself. And so I took his advice. All right. And, and so when the next day came and people found out I got fired in the middle of the show and put back on the air, all this local media came to our old apartment. All right. Well, your mom was working. Okay. I mean, I, I could have put you in your swing or something and, 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 you know, and let you watch Teletubbies or something. Okay. And done the interviews, but I'm like, Nah. So I did. I, I held you doing all these TV interviews and everybody's like, oh, man, he's holding this kid. They fired him from his job. That ain't right. OK, so, so I'm a little right. hesitant. Of well, course, maybe I think it got was, it from you, Dad. I, of course, I think Vivek did it as a prop, but I've done it myself. So I I can't really sit here and and uh, and, and condemn him for it. And but I do. Plus the kid was fairly well behaved, frankly. No. And I I honestly do really like Vivek. Like he is the only one genuinely who have visited our offices who remembers everybody's name. Like he and that's like I find that really respectful. Like he'll come up to me and call me by name, say everybody's name by name. I mean, and it's I, you appreciate it. Like not a lot of people remember but you're you right. on a I personal mean, he, level. He way. has he has felt passionately about multiple sides of some issues. So it's hard and, to discern. And, and, and in his defense, he's 38, never held elected office. So he's, his worldview has not been tested. That it, he, to me, I don't think he's the same as a Romney who had held elected office and was a man in his 50s and 60s and was still feeling passionate about every side of every mm-hmm. issue. I think in Vivek's case, his worldview needs to be tested. He, and, and, and over the course of it, he may find out some things about himself he doesn't currently know. Yeah. and, and Now, Todd and Aaron don't agree with me, by the way. They think he's a complete and total fraud. And, and I've learned, especially working where I work, the staff says a lot about the person. Every like time. How the very staff smart. is, yes. is how the person is. Right. His staff is always very nice Like when people come nice in and tell us. you, don't let your dad anywhere near Tim Scott, for example. <laughs> I, they, I can't confirm or deny whether that <laughs> happened or not. <laughs> That's honestly one of the best things anybody told me all this year. And I made a movie and everything, and that was really one of the best things I heard all year long. All right, what are we doing? So I just thought we'd play a quick game of Would You Rather. So the audience members sent in some questions, so I thought I'd ask you guys. All right. You guys up for some Would You Rather? You bet. Probably not. Todd cheating, (laughs) trying to look at the sheet to see what's coming. I caught that. I caught that. All right. Go ahead. All right. First question. Would you rather spend Christmas with Biden, Pelosi, or Lindsey Graham? Oh, man. Um, Biden. I'm going to say Biden, too, actually. Probably because you just fall asleep, right? And then you just go about, go well, about well, your Well, some of it is he'll fall asleep a lot. The other part is, dude will just say some crazy crap like old old men do, okay? And it'll be like totally random, like, kill the Japs! You know, like in the middle of the Thanksgiving football game, you know, and that stuff's awesome, okay? So I want to see that, okay? But you are too young to remember this, probably. But there was a time. I mean, he's, he's always been he's always been a lefty. But there was a time that Joe Biden was actually a fairly okay dude to like, you know, listen to or talk Mm -hmm. to. He was a dude. Now, what you're seeing now, I I saw Turning Point USA came out with this meme. Did you guys see this? Imagine Joe Biden, the only man in America to eat ice cream and doesn't have to worry about brain freeze. Did you guys (laughs) see that? I laughed out loud when I saw that. Okay. But there there was a time if you go watch stuff from like, you know, the early 2000s or the 90s where, you know, he was actually like a dude. Yeah. You know? So of, of those three, I mean, Nancy Pelosi is just the most annoying kind of space cadet. Okay. And I, I, 
we'd almost have to cancel. If my choice was just her or canceling Christmas, I might cancel Christmas. I, uh, dude, I, well, I, I'm flying Christmas solo if those are my choices. Yes. It's just me and Jesus. We're good. Okay. Um, and then uh, Lindsey Graham's just a no. Just a no. Scared of the mistletoe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Thank you. Nice. I did not Hold think on a ahead. second. <clears throat> I'm so proud. I mean, I really am. Aaron, this is what you have to look forward to. These kinds of moments right here. All right. You're with Biden too, Todd? Yes. Okay. I'm going Pelosi. I'm going Pelosi because there is a pretty decent chance there's going to be some really ritzy ice cream involved after dinner. So I, I've got to go with uh, what, what am I getting out of this? Well, I don't want to spend any time with any of them. But if I'm going to get something in return, uh, that's not something that, you know, uh, Lindsey Graham could produce. I, I'm going with the ice cream. Is it gluten free, though? Can you eat it? Ice cream? Yeah. Yeah. Ice cream's gluten free. OK. Not dairy free. OK. What about how about Nancy Pelosi? Similar to what Aaron or what Anna just said about the, you know, uh, the mistletoe with Lindsey. You know, you're a young man. You're a young bull. That third glass of Chardonnay. A little concerned about being in her proximity. No. Uh, I think you no. should be at least a little bit concerned. No, not, not really. At least a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, going back to random comments from old guys, what do you think Joe Biden's Google search history looks like? <laughs> do you think he's ever searched, is Jill Biden single? <laughs> nice. Is Joe Biden senile? Yeah. Did he search that? All right. Number two. Number two. Would you rather have Christmas all year long or pumpkin spice all year long? I just take back what I just said. I mean, you're, you're just offering me an impossible choice. I mean, that is an impossible choice. No, it's not. You do both. <laughs> well, I do, but now Already. she tells me I can only do one. Oh. Okay. Oh. <sighs> I think it's obvious since it, it, one has to do with Jesus's birth. I was just, I was just going to say, I, 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 I'm getting there. Our Savior's birth. Okay, I'm getting there. <laughs> you know, I don't have to be Jesus juke by my own kid. Todd does that just fine. <laughs> but yes, given that... All right, it's, I'll go with Christmas all year long, okay? Because I will admit it's it's more important than pumpkin spice. Yes. This, that question was for him and him alone. <laughs> it has nothing to do with my orbit <laughs> at all. You must answer. You must pick. Pick one. You must answer? Uh, well, pumpkin spice. I have to say consistent because Christmas is defined time and place. It's... It isn't all year round. Aaron, it's not supposed to be. Okay, Aaron. I would do Christmas all year, all year round. I would do Christmas. See, I was waiting for one of the two of you to do the ultimate Jesus juke and say, "I don't want to do Christmas all year round because that's the only time Christ is coming, meek and mild." All right, and now he's the Lion of Judah. Okay, and the rest of the year we need to be remembered. He rolled. You see what I'm saying? I thought someone was going to deliver a homily on that. We don't need the baby Jesus year round. We've got the we have the Lion of Judah now. We're rolling stones away now. Well, that it is. It isn't the number one feast day. Easter is. So there you Todd, go. What part of Europe are you descended from? Are uh, you like German? I'm German and uh, Slovenian. Okay. That makes a lot of th things make sense. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about Christmas like Germans talk about speed limits. Go a little faster. No, you can't. That's the speed limit. It is very autocratic. You are correct. Yes. You can't. You can't hurt me with commentary like that. Aaron. You can't. 
proving my point. And, and, and much like Bismarck, it's a benevolent, it's a benevolent autocratic regime. Benevolent. Yes. All right, go ahead. Okay, next question. Would you rather get a massage from Pelosi's husband or Lindsey Graham? What is with you today? I just it's thought, supposed to be a holiday, yes. for goodness sakes. I just thought I haven't really come on and done anything like a little like harassing crazy recently like like i did really like borderline pornographic (laughs) listen you brought it there so that's your mind bringing it there todd i just this is just medical massage i didn't say happy (laughs) ending it's more qualified todd (laughs) that's how i was asking it just (laughs) who do you want doing the johnny gill rub you the right way nancy pelosi's Husband know. or whose Lindsey hands, Graham? Whose hands are softer? Lindsey Graham or no, Nancy Pelosi's? Is, no, we can't. This Answering this question is a violation <laughs> of the dude code. There's an order, a hierarchy of truth. I have to agree. It yes. was more so I just had to ask for the reaction. Okay, I didn't right, expect an order, answer. Dude yeah. code has been uh, verdict rendered. Damn yes. right. Yes. Amen. Yes. But the dude code is impressed that, that she attempted to corner us with such a question. The dude code is impressed by that. Yes. Okay. I like how you're speaking in Bob Dole. The dude code spoken. The dude code is righteous. Go to dudecode.com to learn more. Yes. Would you rather listen to Preaching by Joel Osteen or Beth Moore? Oh, gosh. I, I mean, even, even, in, even in her, you know what? I can go back and get old Beth Moore before she let donald trump driver insane and i'm gonna get like i'm gonna get 1998 2006 beth moore is gonna be way more bible than any preaching you'll find of jill osteen so since i have the back order cat the back catalog of messages at the same time Mm -hmm. okay i'm going with beth and that's an easy call easy call I would choose Beth Moore, but like the worst possible sermon, because I've honestly never, I know who she is from you guys. And I know that she's had a Frenchie and fall from grace, but I, Great I want analogy, but yeah. I, I want to, I've never heard her or seen her preach. I don't even, if I saw, if you showed me a picture of her, I wouldn't even recognize her. So I want give me the worst you got. So I can, I want to see like, what's her cadence. Is it, does she even, can I tell if she believes what she's saying or if she's just flat out lying? So I need a sam- a, a good sample. That's a great analogy. Frenchie and fall from grace. I like it. You know, I, I'm just going to go with Joel Osteen because I know he is my opponent. I think there is a mixed bag, as you were alluding to, with, with Beth Moore, Steve. I would rather to li- listen to somebody who I know where he is and what he stands for. Yeah. And what I stand <laughs> against. I mm-hmm. think that would be... Uh, uh, that would be more invigorating. How I many guess. messages before you're standing up there holding this Bible? This is my Bible. <laughs> how many, how, how many, how many before, before you are lured in? This is my Bible. And then we'll like never open it during the actual message. Yeah. We'll hold it up and then never actually open it. Yes. That's Last a good question for you guys. Okay. Would you rather vote for Joe B or Cardi B? Oh, like Joe Biden, Joe B. Okay. Gotcha. I just did. Did you see what I did okay. there? I was, I, well, I wasn't sure if that was a pop culture reference I am too old for. No, I would have explained it to you. Okay. You All know right. who Cardi B is. Yeah, I do. Uh, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> not a big Cardi B fan, dad. Well, not really. Listening I'm not to really her in ever. her target demo. I'm, I'm, throw, I'm, I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, 
you know, I mean, I'm a WAP. I'm a white Anglo uh, Protestant, so I'm really not in her. I'm not in her. <laughs> I hated target. that. Did you see what I did there? I, sadly, I did see, and I really didn't like it at all. <laughs> <laughs> I actually hated it, in fact. Great. I did something right. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with Joe B. I'm going to go with Joe B. Because, it, because I also know what he'll do. Similar answer to what you just gave. I know what he will do. I don't know what in the Sam Hill that chick will do. I have no clue. I, I, Is miss, this, miss, I gave roofies to men. Okay. She's also a major history buff. Okay. Um, <laughs> she is. She waxes poetic. I think, is it about uh, Teddy Roosevelt? I can't remember who. She's like, that's that's like her historical hero. It's the darndest weird thing ever. Yeah, I'm going to go Joe B. Um, I, at least I know what he'll do. I can prepare myself for the awful. So, wait a second. This is the ch- There's a chance that she could come in. No. And drug all of Congress and take all their stuff. <laughs> I'm in. Nice. I'll take those odds. Nice. You're, yeah. You're Cardi B too, I'm guessing. Uh, no, it's Franklin Delano Roosevelt. That's that's oh. her BFF. Okay. That yeah, I'm going McIntyre rabbit hole. Right there. <laughs> yeah, showed up in my she was eating spicy wings and talking waxing poetic poetic about FDR. It just popped up in my timeline a few weeks ago. It was okay. the weirdest thing ever. Okay. Uh, I'll go with Cardi B for the reasons Todd said. Also, I, I think she's she's very representative about the soul of this country. So let's just rip that bandaid off. I like it. Let's just go ahead. Let's just get on the highway to hell and get in the fast lane while yeah. we're there. I like it. All right. Thank you, Hannah. Appreciate You're it. Honey. All right. All right. You guys ready for some fake news or not? Okay. Mm, not sure. All right. Yeah. So I present now a special Thanksgiving edition of fake news or not, okay? These are Thanksgiving tropes, ideas, traditions, etc. And you guys decide if you think they're fake news or not, okay? Green bean casserole. Oh, you know fake what I news. think about that. And I, I had to give you, a, I had to give Todd at least one easy one. That's true news. True news. Todd loves that crap. It's just absolute sludge. Aaron agreed. Yeah, I can't eat it anyway, uh, but I'm just not a green bean guy. I never have been since I was a child. Just never been a green bean guy. I mean, it is a truly detestable force. No question. It separates the adult from the children, and you guys belong at the children's table. I completely agree. I mean, the truest thing you ever said about me is I have the palate of a 12-year-old. You are exactly right about that. Yes. Number two. Aaron, you start this time. Fake news or not at Thanksgiving discussing politics. Um, I'm saying it's not fake news, not that it, sh- it should be fake news, but it's not fake news in practice because there's always that one person who wants to broach something about something about something. Who is it in the, in the McIntyre family? Go ahead and uh, call him out right now. No. <laughs> no. Do it. Do it. Say it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I am Corporal Yes. <laughs> Indeed. Yes. Todd, what about you? So you don't talk? What, well, how'd you phrase it? Discussing politics at, during Thanksgiving. Fake news or not? Well, I don't, I, general, I don't think you should go on offense. So whichever way I'm supposed to answer it, I, I think. You don't want to show up to Thanksgiving wearing yeah. your I am unvaxxed t-shirt? <laughs> yeah, I don't think you should be doing that or like, but this is my, even on Thanksgiving, now, 
in any polite company that I if I let anybody bring things up, I will never bring up politics unless I absolutely know that these are the kind of people who would want to talk about it. But like, I always preface it. I always like if somebody brings and they don't know. I like I. Are you sure? Are you I do. Sure? do you, I because if we're I Sir, said, Todd Todd issues a yeah. Surgeon General's warning. Really? Because do you if you really want to, you want to get nuts? We can, let's yeah. get nuts. Yes. Otherwise, let's just enjoy the veal. That's Todd's <laughs> verbal black box there. Yes. Okay, Todd. This one you go first. Okay. Okay. Smoking inside. Smoking cigarettes? Just yeah, smoking. Gosh, this this is. Well, I don't care. Where is about this it. coming from? Yeah, I don't know. What, what's it? Yeah. I, 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 who is it, Steve? <laughs> who? Say it! <laughs> I love it. These are... Oh, this seems so innocent. There are deep, repressed issues yeah. going on. My, with my, my cousin Angie, who's probably listening, uh, and we were like brother and sister growing up, and uh, we have told the story our whole lives about one Thanksgiving our, our, our family got together everybody cousins everybody got together and there was so much cigarette smoking in the house oh yeah that cigarette smoke was coming through the vents in the house okay like a bar we told that story our entire lives all right so smoking inside for thanksgiving fake news or not should be fake news yeah i mean i grew up my dad and my grandmother who lived with us until i was man third grade or something like that they both i mean i grew up Cigarette smoke inside all so the time. I. I did too. I, but yeah. I was not really aware of of it until when we would go to move and and takes, which we did a lot, and and stuff would get taken off the walls, and you could see like the tar stains and the paint on the walls from mm-hmm. where like oh, it's unbelievable paintings right? were. And then the first time at college that I came home to do my laundry, and I took it back up to to, to campus with me, and I could not believe how bad it smelled. I had to go oh, so ba- had to go down into the basement. In, in of the of Wonders Hall and do my laundry all over again because of how bad it smelled. It's a, the student union at the University of Wisconsin, the Memorial Union, the classic old one. Yeah, th- th- that one. At some point when I was in college, it actually transitioned. So it started off, and you, I mean, you went. They served. I mean. It, there was a bar there. Mm-hmm. You're studying. I mean, yeah. there's people eating tuna melts. It, like, it was like the paper chase. Oh, there are people yeah. eating tuna melts next yeah. to the person. Sm- I mean, it yeah. was classic. And, and then, then all the cigarettes were taken yeah. out and the avocado toast was brought yeah. in. Yes. Okay. All right. So you guys are both a fake news yeah. on that? Yeah. Okay. Boxed stuffing, Aaron. Boxed fake news or not? stuffing? What is that? It's righteous. Like like stovetop? Yeah. He's yeah not, not fake news. Yeah, that's not fake news. I See, even gluten-free stuff. stuff. Gotta love... See? We don't disagree on everything. No, I freaking love stovetop, man. That's like, great. I love it. It is really I'd, good. I'd rather have it over the real stuff. That's well, how much that, I love yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You always have to take it too far. See, it's it's it does it, it's not an either or. It can be a both and. There can be nuance here. But As no. Billy Joel once sang, sometimes I don't know why I go to extremes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Number five, ham. Todd, ham. On Thanksgiving, that's fake news. Okay, Aaron. Not fake news. I think it's either or or both and if, if you want to be accommodating. But ham is ham is good stuff. Oh, it is. We have the we have the Cajun seasoned turkey from Popeye's chicken, and I and I ordered a honey a, a honey ham as well. We have both. Well, okay. If you're gonna do both, but if you have to pick one, you 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 must pick the, the turkey. Turkey, turkey I, has to be there. It's I the must staple. confess, very rarely am I in any way envious 
of one of your food choices. I need recon on this Cajun turkey. Yeah, I know the wife bought like this uh, thing of uh, Cajun um, seasoned butter uh, yeah. to, to inject into the turkey as well, you know, while it's cooking Thursday. So I'll give you a report I on need that. I yes. Okay. All right. Aaron, this to you first. Okay. Beets. Fake news. The fakest of news. Even more than green bean casserole. Green yep. bean casserole or beets, would you rather? I would rather uh, green bean casserole. Wow. I think I would too, because at least those crispy onions are on top, and I do like those. Beets are just awful incarnate. Just awful incarnate, Todd. I can't remember the last time I had beets, but I have, I'd eat them. I mean, they're fine. But, I, <laughs> but I'm an adult, so I don't know. If it's awful, I'll try it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like... <laughs> On my chair of nails. <laughs> All right. Number seven. Pumpkin pie with pumpkin whipped cream. Too much pumpkin. I've got this set up already for Thursday. I have like five Just, no. bottles. Uh, Walmart had like a pumpkin whipped cream. I bought like five bottles because the expiration date's well into next year. And so <laughs> I had this, I had the, I'm having the reaction right now. I had just a couple days ago on social media with you and somebody's like, Hey, hey Steve, can we, um, something about uh, pumpkin spice cereal of some kind. Yes. And, you, and was it, and I've already no, got an entire you, shelf you, of it in yes, my garage. You, you yes. offer that information, like some things. <laughs> Branding coattails. Just can you keep to yourself? No one needs to know how deep this goes in you. They don't, and you're just like the most. I must. You're Elf. I'm singing a song yes. in my heart. Pumpkin spice. I'm in love, and I don't care who knows. Yes. Man. All right. So pumpkin pie with pumpkin and that pumpkin whipped cream. I tried it last night. Fake by news. the way, it's incredible. Yeah. I'm okay. Fake news. Have you guys even tried this? Regular I don't whipped want cream. To now. You, 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 you had something that was perfect. If yeah. the pumpkin is perfect, why wouldn't add, adding more pumpkin make it perfecter? I think you need to read some of Paul when he's talking about stumbling blocks. <laughs> <laughs> we're into that territory now. Thorns in the flesh. <laughs> Someone asked me on Twitter yesterday, can I think of anything pumpkin spice that disappointed me? And I said, I'm sure there's been something, but I, I really can't think of it off the top of my head. I will say I've got so much pumpkin stuff at the house right now that even though I wasn't last month's winner, so it wasn't my responsibility to bring food and drink for everybody for poker night this month, I had to volunteer up some, some of my pumpkin stuff. I had so much that it wasn't going to last much longer. It was going to expire. So, I mean, I had Again, to give I had to give some of my pumpkin still, stuff, stuff away last night. You're still talking. You, you didn't have to, but you are. <laughs> you could have just moved on to number eight, but you didn't. You wouldn't. <laughs> oh, gosh. Can we... Talk about Christmas again. I want, there's like, <laughs> there, there aren't any more. I picked seven. That's, I thought that was the, you know, the biblical number of completion. There's only seven. There's, we could do like a, we could do some, like the Butterball Hotline. You should, you should actually run your own pumpkin spice hotline. Could, can you grift that? I would. I, can you monetize dude, that? I, I would. Is grift, it smoked? I would. Yes. Stevie the Elf, what's your I favorite pumpkin spice? I would grift a bleep out of that. Okay. <laughs> 
That, I, mean, I mean, this that would be the greatest grift of all time if I could grift We'd that. We'd put the phone right on that desk. He'd be in the middle of, like, breaking down the data and then the recent... Po- oh, got to take this from the uh, Pumpkin Spice Hotline. I mean, there is a cabinet in my garage, okay? And inside of it is a year's supply, and I do this every year, a year's supply of seasonal pumpkin-based cereals. And I've got it organized by expiration dates. <laughs> I'm not even lying. I'm not even lying. Oh, the humanity. Back in a moment. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show, powered by our friends over at... Pure Health Research just got a, t- a tweet actually from someone said, "Hey, just ordered the Liver Health Formula. Looking forward to seeing how it goes for me, and so are we, because one out of three Americans right now are living with a sluggish or fatty liver, and that has lots uh, a myriad of problems because the, your liver is one of the most important uh, organs in your body. Uh, it has a some say in up to five hundred different functions in your body." Uh, and 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 then also you get into situations where it, it it's an it's an increaser of your risk of heart disease. And since that's the number one killer in America, we don't need to be risking that all the more. So get the liver health formula from our friends at Pure Health Research. It's got 11 powerful botanicals that can help to recharge and protect your liver. If you go get it today, they'll throw in a free bottle of omega-3s to keep your heart and, and brain healthy as well. Just go to visit, visit liver or get, I'm sorry, visit getliverhelp.com. Visit getliverhelp.com slash Steve. Getliverhelp.com slash Steve. Claim your free bonus gift. Don't miss the chance to start feeling your best again. Give your liver the boost it needs. Getliverhelp.com slash Steve. Uh, real quick before we get to Pop Culture Tuesday, uh, some reactions. Um, Mom in Mobile, Aaron Glasscock writes, you want a change your life stovetop recipe? Cook stovetop with one cup of water. Mix roll. Mix with a roll of Jimmy Dean sausage. Add two cups of shredded cheddar. Make into one-inch balls and bake at 375 for 25 minutes. I'm in. Yeah. That sounds incredible. Sausage. Yeah. That sounds absolutely incredible. I am going to forward this over. What about, I got to make it even <clears throat> localize it. How about some Graziano's Italian sausage, brother? Yeah, sure. I'm going to send this over to the wife right now. I thought you were going to try to pumpkin spice that thing. I swear to God, after our session, <laughs> I was going to just come Throw up with a gun. This would have happened, ladies. This would have happened. <laughs> Sub in Graziano's and let's do this. Okay. Thank you, Mom and Mobile. You guys don't know what Graziano's Italian sausage is, but it is. I've traveled the country and I'm a bit of an Italian sausage connoisseur if I do say so myself and not in a Lindsey Graham way um Graziano's is the best I've ever had especially the spicy like the yeah the it, extra spicy it's the best Italian sausage I've ever had and it's it's made right here um Andrea writes wait there's gluten-free stovetop amazing news no I'm headed out right now it's not stovetop it's just you got to go to like Trader Joe's and okay get- but there is a gluten-free box stuffing you can yep. do mm-hmm. okay gotcha all right Sorry for about. Sorry if you're actually going out right now. 
Chris wants Miss Wrights. If it's any consultation for you, I or here's a consultation for you. I wholeheartedly agree with what Todd said last hour. You'll have no you'll you'll have no shortage of new haters even without media matters. So I, that, I did find that comforting. I thought I really appreciated you having my back where that was concerned, Todd, because they have been. A, uh, a huge uh, booster to the show, no question. Let the hate flow. Indeed. And a happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Yes. Uh, okay, let's get to Pop Culture Tuesday. We look at the intersection between uh, pop culture and conservatism. And I, I, I want to talk, and it's going to be impossible to do this without spoilers. And you might think to yourself, how can there be spoilers about a movie based on a story almost every human being in the world has heard? And the fact that that's possible is the problem, if you know where I'm going with this, okay? There should not be, spoiler alert, for the movie about the birth of Jesus. That's, that's been spoiled for about 2,000 years, right? That, I kind of, most people know at least a few of the details of this. I've sung some of the songs that have references to the story, okay? But uh, the new movie, Journey to Bethlehem, and it, I can't remember if it's at the beginning or the end of the film. It has a disclaimer. The filmmakers earnestly attempted to remain true to the biblical source material, but uh, felt the need to take some artistic license uh, in, in certain places, and, 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 and doing so hoping that they didn't take away from the story. The, the problem is, you know, let me go here. I, I would describe this movie as a seeker-sensitive church manifested on film. And, and Todd is looking at me like, so then why are we talking about this, okay? But, but let me explain what I mean. There, there isn't anything in the film that is overtly heretical. But the film places so little trust in the biblical narrative itself to do the job that it that it it tries very in, in in some cringy ways it tries to fit the biblical narrative into a contemporary cultural milieu that we that that you know a person the average person who's probably never going to be serious about Christianity would understand especially because you're not really presenting them a serious take on Christianity First of all, this movie can't hold the jockstrap to the last... Well, there was a, an, an animated one I just remembered a couple years ago, and Oprah Winfrey was one of the voices. Lots of big stars were in this, and that was just okay, too. But the, the last big-budget Hollywood li- live-action production of The Nativity that I can recall was The Nativity Story from 06. And Oscar Isaac is, in, is the star of this film as Joseph... That movie is absolutely friggin' terrific. We watch it every year. It is it is one of the best Christmas movies that's ever been made. I mean, it is absolutely terrific. Okay, and I think this is the first major studio release on the Christmas Story live action since then, or at least the first that I can think of. Um, a, a few of the things that stand out to you now. This is done in musical form, and the music's not bad actually. And the young woman they have playing Mary is you know she's not Rachel Ziegler. She's likable. Okay. Although, actually, maybe I should have a higher standard for likability than Rachel Ziegler. Fair. But um, here's the thing. King Herod has female soldiers in the movie. Because, you know, that would have been a 
And isn't King Herod Antonio Banderas? Yes. Antonio Banderas plays Herod the Great. Yeah. Okay. So Herod the Great has female soldiers and not like any female soldiers, like the Imperial Guard are women. All right. So you're like, okay, that, that, that's clearly an attempt to put something, you know, in, in, in the film. Mary wonders why she can't marry for love like all her friends are getting to. If you know anything about marriage in, um, in um, the Old Testament, and there was not marriage for love um, as a primary social um, construct. That just simply was not true. Um, so I don't, and, and, and then she wonders why she does, she can't become one of Israel's teachers or what she means a priest because as the oldest daughter, the father took, you know, with no sons, her, her father took him, took her under his wing and she's a chip off the old block and taught her the Torah and the old Testament. And, and she knows it, she knows it like the back of me hand. And, you know, why can't she be a teacher of Israel? Why can't she be a Levite priest? Well, other than she's not a Levite and that just wouldn't have been a, an argument of any station or convention in the first century. Frankly, you guys really aren't having much of an argument about that in the 21st century from what I understand. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, again, that again, seems like an attempt. You guys couldn't possibly relate. You know what? You're right. You guys couldn't possibly relate to the story of a young woman with an unwanted pregnancy, not knowing what to do with her future. <laughs> so we have to add all these 21st century um, left wing um, social justice issues that are hot buttons uh, so that you, they'll be re- it'll be relatable, relatable because, you know, an unwed uh, teenage mom wouldn't be relatable to people in the 21st century at all, guys. So we had to do this instead. Now, this, I think, goes to show how bad my hearing was because, or the sound at the theater was. I was convinced that the, the son that Herod is speaking to throughout the film was Herod Antipas, who goes on to become king at the time, that Christ, when, at the time of, of Christ's earthly kingdom. He is the king. This is the one that John the Baptist is mocking and confronting and just trolling and dis, dis deconstructing in the streets of Judea. And, uh, and so it really bothered me because this film at the end... Um, it is Herod's son who um, actually Joseph doesn't get up in the middle of the night because the angel told him, leave. Here comes Herod's soldiers. OK, Joseph doesn't do that. All right. Herod's son uh, comes to them and and lets them go and escape when he is sent out by his father to uh, to arrest, arrest or kill the first, the children that are being born that night as the Christmas story shows. And then, and then Joseph's like, yeah, the angel came to me. Joseph's kind of a doofus throughout much of this, frankly. Okay. There's a scene early on where Joseph, Joseph is already betrothed to this young woman, Mary, and, and he doesn't know what she looks like though, because it's a, you know, that's how marriages were arranged. And so she sees this pretty girl in the marketplace the day before he's supposed to meet his fiance, Mary, and he starts hitting on her, not knowing that it's Mary. Okay. I mean, understand like this would have been like scandalous. I'm disowning my son kind of a stuff. And it's just the, the artistic license played with this. For a story most people know and has been fairly popular and, and been the, the rationale for selling a lot of successful movies and books throughout the centuries, fair? 
I mean, I, it's pretty obvious. This story, just people can't relate to it at all. And it just needed a complete makeover or something. But I misheard. Someone corrected me on my Facebook page. It's actually Herod's firstborn son. And, and Antipater is actually the son that, no, that, that, that is the hero of the movie at the end. He helps Mary and Joseph escape after, the, after Christ is born. All right. To escape being murdered. And, uh, and then they go to Egypt. He helps them. Now, here's the problem with that. Okay. Um, Herod's firstborn son was named after his father, Antipater. The Idumean was his name. And he was, he was king and prefect of Judea before Herod the Great was. And Herod's firstborn son was a cutthroat SOB. To the point that his, his own father had him executed for scheming against him for his throne. And this was after Herod Antipater married his niece. So he married his niece, tried to take his father's throne from him. And then his father had him shipped off to Rome where Caesar Augustus had him beheaded. And all this happened, by the way, about a year, at least a year and a half before Christ was even born. Maybe up to two or three years, depending on which lineage you go by do you go by a strict year zero do you think it was year three this all happened we 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 know from the record this happened in either year uh five or six bc so we are well before the birth of christ this all happened herod antipater wasn't even alive he had already been executed by caesar augustus not a not a good dude and he's basically portrayed as the hero of the movie at the end So as you can see, I, I have a few issues with this movie. On top of that, there's some places where it's not good. Um, the, the, the guys who play the three wise men are so annoying, it's cringe. I mean, it, it's cringe. There are good moments in the film. The young woman who plays Mary is good. The music overall is good. Um, what do we know about the people who made the movie? Or the, or I don't. I don't yeah, I looked at it. that too. I don't know anything about these people. I don't. I don't. I mean, I, I, don't get me wrong, man. This isn't, you know, Darren Aronofsky atheist making Noah into a paranoid schizophrenic where basically it's the shining that takes place on Noah's boat. Okay. It's not that. Okay. With stone rock people and whatever the Sam Hill was going on that, that there. That was wild. Okay. In fact, I don't know if Anna will remember this, my oldest daughter, that the first time I wanted to truly test her worldview, I, I took her on a daddy daughter date to see that movie. I didn't tell her what movie we were going to see. I said, hey, we're going to go see a movie based on the Bible. Oh, okay, Dad. And I took her to see that movie, and I wanted to get her reaction and see how I reacted to it, you know? She passed the test, by the way. Like, she wanted everybody that made the movie arrested, basically. <laughs> and I was like, single tear. Okay, but um, the movie just, it, it, it is like a seeker-friendly church. It's not explicitly heretical. But it clearly doesn't place enough faith in the, in the biblical narrative unto itself. So it feels like it's got to add cultural extensions and conveniences to it to make it more palatable to you, thus watering down the, the, the actual message of the biblical narrative itself. Think that's a good analogy based on what I just described? Yeah. What do you guys think? Well, the story that made me the most mad is you saying that Joseph is a doofus. He's kind of a doofus. Yeah. See, I mean, which is just... This is not Oscar Isaac's Joseph by any stretch. No. Well, see, he's the dude of all dudes. I mean, he's he does his job under incredibly difficult circumstances, 
And then you, you just, he's gone. The Bible story moves on. And like for, for Joseph, that's like, that's cool. You called on me to do this work for you. I don't need any gloss. He's like Barry Sanders at the end of a hall of fame yep. career. Just like, yep. I'm done moving. Yep. Great analogy is flipping the, yeah. Yeah, flipping the, the, football, the ball to the I'm ref. Yeah. Like, no, no uh, I was good. And I don't need a great story told about me. It was good enough. Uh, uh, you know, you, or you don't need to say like, and he died and so and so and, and up. Oh, I did my duty making this is what dads of all kinds are done now. And so you're just a lovable doofus doing it with Joseph, man. I mean, that guy was, you, he was asked to do the near impossible. And he said, it's an honor to do it and I'll do it again and again. I mean, I got no patience for that garbage. I just, why it's the greatest story in, in history. I, I, I just, the, the ego that it takes mm. for anybody to say, hey, we need to modernize this or update this or, or modify this in any way to fit with the times. I, I mean, that's, that's just I, the id of that person or persons who thought, hey, let's just tweak these through a few things and, uh, you know, for reasons. I just don't understand that and I don't want to. You have the greatest story ever told. Go tell it with really, really good production yeah. value. Just that's a, that's do a that. great idea. Yeah, great idea. It's like I was thinking I had this I had this grand idea the other day, and this is gonna blow your mind. Now there's been a lot of talk, and I know Todd just loves this. Hey, college football needs X, Y, and Z, or X, Y, and Z would be really good for college football. And then I had this idea. You know what the best thing for college football would be? This can blow your minds. You ready for this? The best thing for college football would be college football. Just the game. That's, that's, that, that would be the best thing. Similar here. You know what would be the best thing for this story and being told on the silver screen? You know what the best thing would be? Just tell that story. Why do you think you're so smart and so special that you need to tweak things here and there? Add these little side plots. You're not. You can't tell it better than God. Mm. That's a great line to end this on. Well said there. So we shall, plus the music's playing. We're back at it again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck, right here on Blaze TV. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.